Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NBA regular season has come to a close. Let the postseason or second season begin. The play in tournament is set. We will have two games. On Tuesday, two games on Wednesday, and then Thursday and Friday leading up to the start of the first round, which will be on Saturday. And let's talk about the games that we have here on Tuesday. Cavaliers at the Nets. Brooklyn, an eight-and-a-half point favorite. And the nightcap will be the Clippers at the Timberwolves. Minnesota, a three-point favorite. On Wednesday, the Hornets will visit the Hawks. Atlanta, a four-and-a-half point favorite. And the Spurs will visit the Pelicans, and New Orleans is a five-point favorite. Uh, No games on Thursday. On Friday, we will have the eighth-seeded games in both the East and the West. And then, as I mentioned, Saturday starts the first round. Let me start by just congratulating the Milwaukee Bucks for doing exactly what we thought they were going to do and that was tank for the three seed I talked about this for the last few games of the regular season trying to identify spots to bet against the Milwaukee Bucks and I was very curious at times why they were trying to win like why going up against the Celtics would they want to win that game 
against the Pistons. Why would they want to win that game? But maybe they just figured it all out. They knew the way that it was going to play out. And then the last game of the regular season on Sunday, they said, here's our opportunity. We lose the game. We are the three seed. And so they sat everybody. And they lost to the Cavaliers, 133-115. to And that sets up the matchup in the first round with the Chicago Bulls in the 3-6 game or 3-6 series. The Bucs have won 16 of their last 17 games against the Chicago Bulls. The one game that they did not win in this 17-game span was the last day of the regular season last year in which the Bucs, much like they did on Sunday, rested everybody. No Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Holiday, Middleton, P.J. Tucker, Bobby Portis. Nope, none of them played. Jordan Wara was their leading scorer in that game. The last time that Giannis Adetokounmpo lost a game to the Chicago Bulls, you have to go back to December 26th, 2017. I repeat, December 26th of 2017, the last time Giannis lost to the Chicago Bulls. Currently up on DraftKings, the Bucs are an overwhelming favorite to win this series because we know they're going to win this series. However, plus 250 to sweep. Plus 175 to win in five games. Series spread, minus two and a half games, is minus 195. Now, you're better off. Instead of betting minus 195 on Bucks minus two and a half games, which the only way they cover that is if they win in a sweep or if they win in game five. Because as long as the Bulls win two games in the series, well, they cover that spread, right? So Bucks minus two and a half games don't lay. Minus 200 to win 100. Instead, take your 200 and spread it across the two series outcomes. Put 100 on bucks to sweep. You'll get plus 250. Four bucks to win in five. And you'll get plus 175. Essentially, you're not betting two to win one. You're betting two to win 175, maybe more? Because you're going to lose the bet if the Bulls win two games. So if the series goes beyond game five and the Bucks don't win four games to one, as soon as the Bulls win their second game in the series, you lost that spread bet anyway. But this series will end in a sweep. I can't see it any other way unless we're talking about a gentleman's sweep where the Bucs win the first three games, and then they just they let Chicago have one, and then they return back to Milwaukee and finish the series in game five. 
only way I see that thing playing out. Elsewhere in this first round of the NBA playoffs, the availability of Luka Doncic is the most intriguing storyline when it comes to the first round. The opening line on the Mavericks game one against the Jazz was Dallas minus three. Right now, Dallas is a three-point dog, and Utah, that minus three, is juiced at minus 115, which means probably going to go up, excuse me, go up to three and a half. That tells me that Luka's not going to play. I know that he's got time, right? Because they don't play this till Saturday. So the the scan, I guess, came back negative. Uh, so that's a good thing. He, or he, it confirmed the calf strain is what is MRI, which is good. It's not a tear, I guess. But any a strain really is like a small tear, whatever. So... He was wearing a protective boot on his foot. That photo circulated across Twitter, which is probably why the line moved so much. But I always think that's that's a precaution. And then, you know, staying off of it, uh, what, you know, after all, what that boot is determined to do is, yes, protect it, but also apply compression as well. And we all know, right? Rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation. Um, he's just going to have to stay off of it until Saturday, and he tries to give it a go. A source told ESPN when asked if he could be ruled out for game one, the source said no, whatever that means. The reality of the matter is you can lose game one of the series. What's most important is to make sure that you have Luka as close to healthy as possible for the majority of the series. There are seven possible games. And yes, I know it sounds dumb to say sacrifice game one because you're home, you're losing home court advantage, and... You lose three more games, you're out of this series. If Luka goes in game one and he's not even close to 100% and you lose that game, now you follow that up in game two with an even lesser Luka. Now you run the risk of going down 0-2. Or... Take your shot with Luka out in game one. And then in game two, you get him at 85%. And then in game three, 75. Game four, maybe he's feeling better. Who knows? But I don't know if I would rush to play him here on Saturday if he's not 90%. Because if he's only like 70% healthy and he's going to run the risk of injuring it further or just not being himself, 
the further you go in this series, well, you can't win without him. You can win a game without him. You can't win this series without him. So let's say he goes in game one. He gives you everything he's got. And it's only good enough to maybe escape with a win. And then you lose him in game two and game three. Or who knows? Maybe you lose him for the rest of the series. Maybe you lose him for the rest of the season. I might, and I'm not forfeiting, I might take my shot without him in game one. I just, that's, I need him as healthy as possible. As healthy as possible. I'm Scott Zadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up. About 20 minutes or so from now, we'll uh, get more into this with uh, our very own NBA analyst, our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, uh, host of uh, Hardwood Handicappers, live on Sundays. And then, of course, uh, the podcast available on vcin.com slash podcast. Get his thoughts on Luka, on the Mavericks. And now that the playoffs are here, is it time to back the Brooklyn Nets? We'll explore that coming up next. Follow me on Twitter, like I said, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The NBA playoffs are here. Let's let the second season begin. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. 
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. And the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline zigazoo has made me zigzag What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen nicotine pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 challenge today at zen.com slash 10. That's zyn.com slash 10. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 
Scott Sandberg back here with you. It's a look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Coming up about 15 minutes from now, we'll be joined by our very own senior NBA analyst, the host of Hardwood Handicappers, Jonathan Von Tobel. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs. Uh, wanted to get a little bit into Major League Baseball and talk about some of the things that I've noticed through the first couple of days of the regular season. Um, I've noticed that on Sunday, especially, you had several teams that were looking to avoid a series sweep, or in the case of the Guardians and the Twins, were looking to avoid falling into an 0-3 hole. The teams that were 0-2, looking to avoid the sweep or the 0-3 hole, Nationals, A's, Rangers, Guardians, Twins, Pirates, Red Sox, and Brewers. All of them won their games. All of them won their games. There is not a single winless team in Major League Baseball. I thought that was very interesting. And I don't know if this is something that is, um, I don't know if this is something that applies to really all series. And we should be maybe taking a look at this moving forward. Like, hey, if we have a team that wins the first two games of the series, maybe they're going to lose the the, the third game of the series. I know that there are betters out there that it's kind of like a little bit of like a, a, what is it called? The Martindale system where you um, essentially just double up after every loss until you, you know, win and turn your profit. So, like, let's say you bet one unit and you lose. The next day, you bet two units and you lose. The next day, you're betting four units and you win. Well, guess what? You know, you're you kind of, now you're up or whatever. So, there are, there are people that do that. But then again, you run the risk of, you the, the losses start to compound, right? <laughs> and you're not able to control it. And you're down before you know it a lot. <laughs> but there are some people that apply this to a betting system where it's I'm just going to fire on a team every day, every game of the series until they win. Now, obviously, not all games are created equal. Not all not all uh, situations are created equal because there are different odds on every game and you can get massively screwed if you play things blindly like this. But maybe it's something to monitor and it's also something that Maybe it only applies to the first series of the year. Maybe it only applies to the first time you see a team in a given year. Maybe it only applies to a weekend. And I think that part of me kind of feels that way. Because I've seen these lazy Sundays happen before. And what I mean by lazy Sundays, you play Friday night, you play Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, whatever. Sunday afternoon, it's almost the same mentality as like maybe fading a team on getaway day, right? Where they play that Thursday day game and they're already looking ahead to the travel on Thursday after the game so they can get out of town and go to get to the city where they're going to play the weekend series. There's something maybe to the, 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 the Sunday slate where you're like, all right, 
there's a little bit of laziness here. They're looking forward already to getting on the plane and getting to the site where they're going to start the Monday series or, or whatever. But let's just look at the laziness, if you will. Phillies only managed one run on three hits on Sunday where the A's picked up their win. The Mets managed only two runs when the Nationals picked up their win. The Blue Jays managed six runs, but they gave up 12 when the Rangers beat them. And by the way, six runs for the Blue Jays is like being lazy because we know what their offense is capable of. The Royals only scored three runs. The Mariners scored four. Cardinals scored four. Cubs scored four. The, um, who else avoided, who am I missing here? Uh, Let's see, Red Sox, Brewers. So the Yankees scored three. And I mentioned the Brewers over the Cubs already. So the only team was the Blue Jays that scored over four runs. But they gave up 12. Every other team that allowed the win to the opponent, uh, oh, the Mariners as well. What did the Mariners score? Four, I said that, yeah. Every other team had, a, had four or less runs, and they lost their games. Sunday laziness. Win the first two games of the series, lay an egg on Sunday. And a lot of the time, it's, it's lineup-related too, right? So you play the first two games of the series on the Friday and Saturday. You know you have the start of a new series coming up on Monday or maybe an off day on Monday and the start of a series coming up on Tuesday. Well, on that Sunday, you're going to get some guys into the lineup. Maybe your backup catcher is going to play. Maybe uh, your backup uh, center fielder or something. Maybe you're going to DH a guy and give him a half day off. You're going to utilize that because you're feeling good about yourself. You already took the series. You know in Major League Baseball, over 162 games, you got to get guys rest. And knowing as long as you take two out of every three games, like you win every series of the year, you are going to be a, a playoff contending team. So you take the first two games of the series, game three of the series, especially, like I said, in a day game situation, you'd see a little laziness. Again, Phillies, just one run. The Mets, just two runs. Royals, just three runs. Mariners, four. Cardinals, four. Cubs, four. Yankees, three. Blue Jays scored six, but hey, they're the Toronto Blue Jays. That lineup is ridiculous. In fact, they scored their six early. Four runs in the first inning, one in the second, one in the third, nothing for the rest of the game. So a couple of home runs in the first inning, and that was it. In fact, all of their runs were on home runs. Springer, Chapman, Jansen. And Vladdy. It's not like they manufactured runs. It's not like they put up a big inning. 
you know, like an inning like the Phillies had here on Monday night, that's a big inning. Get a guy on, get a double, next guy gets a base hit, things like that. Phillies scored five runs in the eighth inning, by the way, to beat the Mets. And, uh, yeah, two of them came on the JT Real Muto home run. But then you had a Hoskins double, a Didi double, um, you know, even uh, Schwarber um, getting the, the fielder's choice, which scored a run after an Alec Bohm double. So Blue Jays didn't have an innings like that. They just hit the long ball because they're just monster hitters. Something to monitor. We'll keep an eye on it. Series uh, series that started here. We got the Brewers and the Orioles. Orioles won game one of their series. Rockies won game one against the Rangers. Tigers game one against the Red Sox. A's beat the Rays. Phillies over the Mets. Jays over the Yankees. Nationals over the Braves. Angels over the Marlins. Padres over the Giants. So, we'll keep an eye on who wins these games on Tuesday and see what happens on Wednesday between these teams uh, or Thursday if it's a four-game set to see who wins. And maybe there's a situation where we can apply this moving forward, taking a look at the teams that drop the first two games or the first three games of a series. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll get back into the NBA playoff conversation. Our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, who you follow on Twitter at MeJVT, the host of Hardwood Handicappers, available on vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. He will join me. We'll talk about the first round of the NBA playoffs, and we'll get into the play-in games, which start here on Tuesday evening. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Our all-digital MLB guide at vcin.com is available now. Adam Burke's got futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weingarten's MLB futures bets, trends, and more. Sign up today and get full access to vcin through the NFL Draft for only $19 at vcin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. We'll get back into the baseball conversation coming up a little bit later on, but let's refocus our attention on the NBA playoffs. And here to talk about the second season is our senior NBA analyst, the host of Hardwood Handicappers, as well as The Edge here Monday through Friday. He is Jonathan Von Tobel. JVT, now that the season has come to a close, uh, I'll ask the question that I've been thinking about. Did anybody do a better job of positioning themselves than the Milwaukee Bucks, who set themselves up for a potential and likely sweep here against the Chicago Bulls? Uh, first off, uh, I'm disappointed that you don't want to talk about my boy Joe Adele's coming out party at the plate today. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, like you're right, and they they handled it very well. You know, the way that they broke down, they put Boston in a really tough position. They essentially when they benched everybody told Boston, all right, look, you got two choices. <laughs> you know, you can win this game and you can potentially play Brooklyn in the first round, or you can sit everybody and lose this game and potentially have to go on the road and play without Jalen Brown against the Toronto Raptors. It was a really tough spot for the Celtics to be in. And uh, ultimately they chose to go 
I guess, with the lesser of two evils, uh, which was take the two seed and take on the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. So now the, the Bucks did really well. And and I said this earlier on Gill show, which was I, I don't think a lot of people will make this about the Bucks wanting to avoid Brooklyn. I, I don't think that's it. I think it's the Bucks seeing a team that they swept in the regular season with relative ease in their last few matchups going, it's a pretty easy out there, and we can get this done in four games and move on to the second round, and I think that was what that was more about. It's not even sweeping them this season. Uh, they have won 16 of yeah. 17 against them. The only loss was the last day of the regular season last year when they rested everybody. Giannis has not lost a game to the Bulls since December 26th of 2017. It's a long time. Yeah. No, it's a long time, and like you just think about it, like they just they don't have any. There's not many people who, uh, you know, we say this about all the great players. There's not many people who have or teams that have personnel for a guy like Giannis. But the Bucks literally have nothing. Like Demar Derozan played a majority of his minutes at power forward. Giannis is also a power forward. Like, <laughs> he's like it's it's just a matchup that's a nightmare for them. Uh, he averaged just about thirty points against them. I think it was like thirty and fourteen on over fifty percent shooting from the floor. Uh, you know, they just they're not they don't match up well with Milwaukee and. You know, now this is all about matchups. It's all about the X's and O's as we move into these playoff series. And the Bucks saw that and go and and went, yeah, we're like that's that's going to be something we should have an easy time with, whether it's four, uh, five. It should not be more than five games. Uh, and move on to uh, wait and see who awaits us in the second round. We talk about avoiding the Brooklyn Nets and about how the Celtics will now get the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. Uh, it's not settled yet. I mean, they got to play this game here on Tuesday, but is it a foregone conclusion? that the Nets will win this game at home against the Cavs and secure the seventh seed. You never want to say anything's a foregone conclusion, but I will say that they uh, they benefited from Milwaukee's tact because they get the most favorable matchup for them, which is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the Cavs, now I don't know about laying this number. If you remember a couple of nights ago when they played Cleveland, I played that on the overnight by uh, Nets minus uh, six and a half, and that closed eight and a half. So now we're like opening in that range of that eight and a half that was yesterday when these play-in games were set. So there's been an adjustment here. Um, but I'll just say that Cleveland, from the issues that they've had, Evan Mobley playing center uh, has not really worked out for them. He's a much better power forward. Their perimeter defense has actually gotten worse with Mobley playing center because he's he's busy doing all the center things, right? Boxing guys out and getting rebounds. He's not able to flash out on the perimeter and challenge three-point shots, and it's why since they've lost Jared Allen, opponents have shot 39.5% from beyond the arc against them. And there's just one less uh, perimeter-ish defender that can flash out there like Mobley, and the Nets took advantage of that in a really big way when they played them. Last time around, they had, a, I think it was a 36-19 fourth quarter to end up pulling away in that game. Uh, it's just not a really good matchup there for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I think Brooklyn, again, nothing's a foregone conclusion, but if it was like Atlanta or Charlotte in that first round, I don't think it's anywhere near the cinch because they have dynamic perimeter players that can really bother them. And both of those teams, of course, uh, beat them in the last, what, two weeks or so. So I think that it's a, it's a much better matchup for Boston, or to me, at Brooklyn, to get that team. Would you have any play in this game? Would you consider maybe laying it in the first half with the Nets? Uh, to me, no, I, like, it, it would be Cavs or pass. And like, even in the first half, it's just... Scott, like the way they play defensively bothers me so much that course, I don't think yeah. I'd yeah I, I don't think I'd be comfortable in any setting. Uh, I mean, like if you just look at it from the perspective of like let, let's look at their last game of the regular season, the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers had over 120 points in an offensive rating of 120 in that game, and it looked like that they were going to give the Nets a run for their money, and they only ended up losing by eight. But you know when Kevin Durant starts, I think he started that game oh four from three point range. And it's like a two-possession game with the Indiana Pacers. Like, they just need to be perfect, Brooklyn. 
to cover some of these numbers. By the way, they are now, I think they ended the season 525 and one at home in terms of against the spread. They've just been overvalued at home. They haven't been good in this role and their defense has been so bad. It's just hard to back them in any sort of role where they're laying an inflated number. And I think this is probably the case uh, with this one. And you'll probably get that in this first half numbers too. So uh, assuming that the Brooklyn Nets win, and I know you never want to assume, but we're just going to pick the the favorite here. The Brooklyn Nets will win. Who will the Cavaliers then be facing for the eighth seed, the Hornets or the Hawks? You know, I'm, I'm flip-flopping on this. And I, I to be honest with you, I, I'm not entirely sure, mainly because these are just two really bad defenses, man. And you can get anything when you when you talk about these two defense, two really bad defenses facing off with one another, right? You have Charlotte, who in consecutive games about a week ago gave up 144 points to both opponents, Philadelphia and Miami, on consecutive games. They, they, their center position, you know, they might have a lot of help offensively when it comes to their center and Montrose Harrell and uh, whoever else they have playing that, whether it's their small ball five, whatever it is. Uh, but there's no defensive presence down low in any way whatsoever. Their perimeter defenders don't stop dribble penetration. They're just not good defensively. And now you're getting Trey Young, who played them extremely well in the regular season. And it's a dynamic offense with Trey Young out there on the floor. But on the flip side, the Atlanta Hawks have been one of the worst defensive teams in their own right this entire season. A, a team with It's weird because a team with DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Clint Capella should be better defensively. But whenever Capella leaves the floor, it's a nightmare for the Atlanta Hawks. So I, it sounds kind of like a cop-out, but... When there is, to me, when there is a factor like this, where you have two bad defenses, anything can happen. I will say, like, I think I'd rather take the points with Charlotte. I, I do like the way that they play up and down in transition. You know, LaMelo Ball has been absolutely fantastic for him, and they have so many athletes that it could be a problem for Atlanta if they want to get up and down the floor. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're talking about two teams in the bottom 20s in defensive efficiency, it wouldn't be surprising if anybody moves on from there. You know, JVT, when everyone talks about teams in the East, it's the Brooklyn Nets, it's the Milwaukee Bucks, the Celtics with the way that they've played since the calendar flipped to 2022, and yeah, the Sixers with Embiid and James Harden. Are the Miami Heat being disrespected? Uh, They finished with the best record in the Eastern Conference. They're the one seed in the playoffs here. Yeah, I I think they're being disrespected to a certain extent. I mean, we, you know, it's funny, I was on a, uh, it was on, I was on Reddit the other day, and there's like this uh, subreddit. There's this conversation in the NBA subreddit about like most disrespected one seeds of all time, and I immediately thought of like two others in the Eastern Conference. If you remember the 2016-2017 Celtics, I actually bet against them. This, <laughs> the, the Bulls were the eight seed; they almost won that, but Rajon Rondo like broke his thumb or his hand. Uh, and then the Raptors after that were one seeds, and uh, they got slapped around by uh, LeBron James. Mm-hmm. But you're right to a certain extent. Like when you look at the the pecking order of the Eastern Conference, and if you just lick your finger and test the wind of people and what they believe the Eastern Conference will play out as, you know, Miami is barely mentioned. Now, I, I will say, I think part of it is it's a team that hasn't really been together all year long. Injuries have really derailed the season. Bam Adebayo missed 25 games. Kyle Lowry missed a really good chunk of the season due to personal reasons. Jimmy Butler's had toe and ankle injuries that have put him in and out of the lineup throughout the year. And so you kind of have this mishmash unit where they get credit for getting the one seed, but you don't really know what they are. And then when you look at the numbers with their starting five out there, the offensive numbers aren't really great. Like you can really, you, you can find it easy, despite the fact they have a great record, to kind of poke holes in this resume and, and look at what the flaws are with the Miami Heat. But at the end of the day, when you have P.J. Tucker, Kyle Lowry, J- Jimmy Butler, and um, Bam Adebayo on the floor together, that is a slog to get through on a possession-to-possession basis defensively. I think it's just, for me at least, the way they have played offensively in half-court situations has been really bad. And I think that's ultimately why people look at some of these other teams, like a Giannis Antetokounmpo-led Milwaukee Bucks, 
like a Boston Celtics with dynamic wing players like a Jason Tatum and think that they have a better shot of winning this conference than the Miami Heat despite their seeding. Got about a minute left. What chance do you give the Raptors over the Sixers in the first round? Uh, I mean, I hope they got a good one. I, I just bet him at plus 165. All right. Series. Good. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> look, there, there's a lot of matchups that go in their favor. Toronto, they like to get up and down the floor. A bunch of athletes that can switch and guard multiple positions. The whole Matisse-Thibel thing hanging over the road games as yeah. well. Yep. Uh, the non-Embiid minutes have been an absolute just dreadful nightmare for them, too. So, yeah, I bet Toronto plus 165. I hope they have a fantastic shot. Yeah. I, I'm Listen, I'm going to be with you because I'm going to bet them in games and I'm going to bet them in the series as well. JVT, hang with me. Let's get to the Western Conference on the other side, okay? He is our you senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel. You follow him on Twitter, at MeJVT, the host of The Edge, Monday through Friday. And, of course, Hardwood Handicappers, available on vcn.com slash podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. You better check out Hardwood Handicappers. We'll talk about the Western Conference playoff picture coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on vcn, the sports betting network. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. 
As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. VSIN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Scott Sadenberg here. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network, rejoined by our senior NBA analyst, host of The Edge, and hardwood handicappers. He is Jonathan Von Tobel on Twitter at MeJVT. And let's talk Western Conference, JVT, and the playing game that we'll see on Tuesday the Clippers against the Timberwolves. Minnesota Lane 3. But why do I feel so confident that the Clippers are going to come through here? Man, so full disclosure, uh, before the season started, I bet the Timberwolves to make the playoffs. I got them at like plus 695. So my, my judgment is slightly clouded here. But I have to say that the more I look at this matchup, the more I, I'm liking the Los Angeles Clippers chances here. And it doesn't 
you know, it doesn't really have to do with Paul George as much because Paul George has come back, and in the seven games that he's since, since he's come back, they're five and two against the spread, and their defense or their offensive ratings like one twenty four point seven and non garbage ten minutes. They've been incredible, but to me, it just comes down to a few things here. The first of which is this Minnesota team defensively down the stretch has not been good, and all year long they've been very inconsistent. Last ten games, uh, giving up about one hundred and twenty points per one hundred possessions in those non garbage ten minutes as well. But the problem with Minnesota is. You know, dribble penetration has been a problem for them. Just this 10-game sample size, for example, giving up about 35.7% in terms of frequency of attempts within four feet of the basket. Opponents are shooting nearly 78% on those attempts. So they're giving up a high volume of shots at the rim, and they're allowing teams uh, to convert those shot attempts. And this Clippers team, what they love to do, when you watch them upend the Utah Jazz a season ago, when you watch them play, is dribble penetration, kick it out to open shooters and ping pong that ball around till you find an open guy along the perimeter. They are second best in terms of three-point shooting overall this year. They led the league in catch and shoot three-point percentage this year. Uh, and they're a little small. And, and if they can't keep Carl Anthony Towns and others off the offensive glass, it's going to be a problem for them. But they're a top 10 transition defense too. And the Timberwolves love to run. I, I kind of agree with the sentiment here that, yeah, like the Clippers – it, it, even put outside, you know, get get the last seven games out because, you know, they played a lot of teams who were benching guys or whatever. Just the makeup of their squad, I think, matches up pretty well with Minnesota here. So I'm a little worried about my Timberwolves. I think they're going to lose this game. I wouldn't be worried because even if they do lose this game, I think they're going to beat the winner of the Spurs and the Pelicans. So I think you're good there. Well, you see, that's where I'm conflicted, too, because I got a plus 440 ticket on the Pelicans. To make this <laughs> so, like, I, I would love Minnesota and New Orleans 7 and 8, right? Um, yeah. But I'll say this about New Orleans, because to hedge off a little bit of that one, I took five and a half of San Antonio. The, the thing with the New Orleans, it's very intriguing. And it, this is, I'm surprised it's not really caught on too much. And I guess there's time between the games, whatever it is. You know, Brandon Ingram missed the last three games with this hamstring issue that caused him to miss 10 consecutive games. He came back in that Lakers matchup. They beat up on the Los Angeles Lakers in New Orleans and everything was fine. But that matters for two reasons. One, because it's just Brandon Ingram. He's a really good player. But the other is, Scott, like they have this new starting lineup that they have rolled out since the All-Star break. And it's C.J. McCollum running point guard, Brandon Ingram at the two, Herb Jones at the three, Jackson Hayes at the four, and Jonas Valanciunas at the five. When they have this starting lineup together, they are seven and three straight up. But keep in mind, they played 23 games down the stretch. You know, it's only 10 games. So they haven't been healthy. They haven't been whole. The returns have been really good, though. Net rating of about plus 7.1. Offensive rebounding rate of over 34%, which is very good. Uh, they're they're a really solid group of five, but I, they they just need to be available. And I wonder if they're going to be or how healthy Brandon Ingram is by the time we get to this game being played. But this Pelicans team, I think, is is dangerous in the sense of of these four teams playing for a playing spot. They should have a very good opportunity to take this, given how well they've played with this new group. Uh, but it's just how healthy is Brandon Ingram as we enter this play in game. A huge storyline in the first round of the playoffs is obviously the health of Luka Doncic. Uh, we've seen that line flip from uh, Mavs minus three to now Mavs plus three, and it's probably going to go even higher if Luka doesn't play. And I think a lot of people are anticipating that he doesn't play. What do you think the Mavericks do with Luka? Do you think that they sit him for game one and then bring him in in game two? Or do they does he try and give it a go here on Saturday? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I would like I would say that calf strains and, and the the danger of straining that even further. I mean, look, uh, you, you you don't want to speculate on anything, but remember that Kevin Durant's injury when he ruptured his Achilles began with the calf strain. 
and you don't want to because those can get very dangerous. You don't want to rush a guy back. And the average time, I think it was found out, social media was put out there that the average time missed for a calf strain is about 16 days. And we're talking about now a difference of, you know, six as opposed to 16. Um, but having said that, you know, it sucks because I like I have them average at 14 to one to win the Western Conference. I think they are a very bad matchup for Utah when fully constructed. Right. When you can throw three guards out there and Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson and Spencer Didwitty, all who can work off of the bounce and get dribble penetration, something that has been the Achilles heel of the Utah Jazz. Right. We talked about the Clippers. Just go back in your mind's eye to that series. How many highlights do you have of the Clippers getting into the painted area, kicking it out to a shooter, hitting a three point shot? And the Mavericks can do that. But that's if they're fully healthy and without them. Uh, that just that kind of stinks because this was a pretty good matchup for Dallas. So I'm really interested because that's a big whale in terms of a player. And that swings a series price that goes from jazz minus 115, 120, 130 uh, to, you know, Dallas, maybe minus $2 or something like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to touch it, but I really like Dallas if fully constructed in the series. Is Denver live against Golden State? Well, you know, so we're talking about injuries. I'm amazed the confidence in like the betting market and others that Steph Curry's just, yeah, he's playing like, really? Like Steve Kerr just yesterday or today, the quote was, that's going to be a, we're cutting it close for game one. And like when it comes to Curry and being available. So I, I, I think that the, if to, the way to approach it, I think would be like, if you can get a series, not a series price, uh, games like plus one, two and a half or one and a half or whatever the price would be for the Denver Nuggets. I've been looking around and seen it. I think that would be the way to go here for Denver because Nikola Jokic gives you an advantage in any way in any matchup, but Golden State's really small. Kevon Looney is going to be a pretty bad matchup for uh, Nikola Jokic. And I think Jokic is going to keep them pretty live here just because of his size and the advantage he gives them on the glass and just his ability to score against either a slow-footed Kevon Looney or a smaller uh, defender, whoever it is, like a Draymond Green, or if they decide to go smaller guy on him and double off and do all those sort of things, there's still going to be some advantages there for Denver. Uh, But I think ultimately what holds Denver back from winning this year is if Curry is going to play their defense was so bad like the last month and a half. We're talking about a defensive rating in the range of 118. Uh, they were like they were failing to cover big numbers because the market was so high on them, but they were allowing teams to get back in some of these contests. Their bench without Jokic, as we know, is absolutely atrocious. I think that ultimately keeps them from winning this series. But I think this is a pretty live series. And again, like you just got to go back to the fact that we just don't know if, if Curry is abs- actually healthy because it seems like it's going to be a game time decision for game one. And the series doesn't start until this weekend. Mm, absolutely. The Memphis Grizzlies are an interesting case. What a tremendous regular season. They had 56 wins, uh, but yet not a lot of people respecting them in terms of the futures market. And yes, they could run up against the Clippers and Paul George in a first-round series. Can they get by that? Can they get over that hump? And if they do, what's the ceiling for this team? So I think to answer that question, I think the ceiling is the Western Conference Finals, especially if you just look at the path and what potentially could be. You know, Minnesota in the first round, you know, I think they would beat Minnesota in a best of seven series, although it'd be a pretty tight one and, and a fun one at that. I mean, those two teams running up and down the floor would be incredible, but both young. Um, but I think they would beat Minnesota in the second round. You're getting Utah and or uh, uh, no, excuse me. You'd be getting uh, the Golden State Warriors, uh, the winner of that game uh, of that series. So that'd be uh, excuse me, Golden State or uh, Denver. Excuse me, Sorry, I have a brain fart. Uh, that's a winnable game, depending on who you're matching up with, especially if maybe the Nuggets could pull off that upset right and move on. Um, so the path is there for them to make it to the Western Conference Finals. And this is all just kind of speculation because, you know, I'm a big data guy. But I just think, Scott, like I, I'm always curious about, look, 
it's an 82 game regular season. And when you're a young team and you're, you know, your average age is like 22 and you can run up and down the court and you want to win every single game against every single team and you're good in transition and all these things and every single night's fun and you're winning 50 plus games, that's great. But in a best of seven, when these series slow down and you're playing more half court oriented games and you're taking on teams who are scheming against you and scheming to get you off of the offensive glass to shut down a John Morant potentially, you know, to get these other guys involved. How do you handle that now as you get into some of these series? It might not play out in a game, a series against uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, but in a series against a defensive-oriented team like the Golden State Warriors, that's another question to be asked there. So I'm really curious if they run into a really skilled defensive team like Golden State, how it plays out. Because I, I still think uh, if Golden State moves on, you get Curry out there the way they can play defensively, uh, I would pick the big Golden State in seven, eight times out of ten uh, to win that series. Or or the Clippers defensive team, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah. that's another thing, too, right? Yeah. A whole bunch of six, seven. And think about that, too. That's a veteran team, man. That's Paul George. That's Robert mm-hmm. Covington. That's Reggie Jackson. That's There's a lot of old guys in there that have played a lot of basketball and good defensive basketball at that. JVT, appreciate the time and the insight. As more of these award ballots start to be released, we will be uh, hoping – that Triple J is on everyone's list for Defensive Player of the Year. Enjoy the playing games tomorrow, and we'll catch up real soon. Thanks, man. There he is, our senior NBA analyst, the host of The Edge Monday through Friday, and, of course, hardwood handicappers, Jonathan Von Tobel. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 